Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. So we've talked about the triune God, the Trinity, which is God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. We talked about what we believe in the Holy Scriptures, that it inerrantly has everything we need for our salvation in that book that we read each and every week. How are we doing on our Bible reading plan? Y'all notice Pat called me out Wednesday night and made me feel really guilty, so now Pastor is back on Facebook posting that she is reading the reading plan. Thank you, Pat, for keeping me in line. Grace, grace, and lots of grace. That's all I got to say. We talked about sin, the original, the personal sin. Uh, we're all born to sin. If you've got kids, you know. They always love to use that word no really fast and really quick. We talked about the atonement, prevenient grace that God is working in us. There's a song that I love right now that says that I was found before I was lost. In other words, God knows us from the very beginning. We talked about repentance and justification, regeneration, that when we repent, we become a new creation in Christ and we are adopted into the the family of God. Next one, Bo. We talked about we spent a whole day on our Christian holiness and entire sanctification. In other words, that we give God access to everything. When When we repent, the Holy Spirit initially is in us. But entire sanctification is a continuing process day by day as we become more and more Christ-like. And then last week, we talked about the church. We talked about how we live together as the, the body of believers and the things that we partake together. Baptism, the Lord's Supper, we took communion. We talked about divine healing. And then this week, we're going to finish off with the last two, which is the second coming of Christ, resurrection, judgment, and destiny. If you would open up to Matthew chapter 25 today, if you brought your Bibles. Does anybody bring a real Bible to church anymore? I'm just wondering. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm big on the phone app. When I do my reading plan, I'm usually on my phone when I do that, but I still have to have my Bible. We talked about this in our Wednesday night. We finished up Wednesday night. Poor Mr. Alvin, he thought he walked in on a women's meeting the other night because he hit a point of the lesson that we all sounded like a bunch of cackling hens when he come off because we got a little on a tangent side. What was we talking about, Claudette? Dog stories or something? I don't know. We were cackling like hens, but I think he he was a little fearful when he walked in the (laughs) the other night. Um, But just so you know, Wednesday nights, adults have been meeting at 6 o'clock. Not seven o'clock, six o'clock. Um, and we've really, really, Diane, I know, Diane had, okay, don't ask Diane's opinion of the book we did. Don't. She, she wasn't a big fan of it. But it was good, was it not, Diane? To be together and we learned together, it was good. And we talked about how important it is to still have these little paper Bibles. Because when we die, our kids find them and find the things we've tucked inside of them or wrote inside of them. And that's a big legacy to leave your kiddos, men and women, by the way. That's not just a mama's Bible thing. Um, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. 
He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger. You didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they'll reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Lord, this is your word today. I know it's a heavy word, Lord, but it's your voice. And may it speak to the heart of your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we believe in the Church of the Nazarene about the second coming of Christ. All right? We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ, he will come again. And and he talks a little bit in that passage as well. But in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, he says, he's speaking to his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I'll come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I am going. So he told his disciples, this is when Jesus is starting to prepare them for leaving, going back to the Father. He's going to ascend back into heaven. And he says, but I'm coming back and I've got room for everybody when I get there. Anybody remember that old song we used to sing, Big, Big House? I know Bo does. That was Bo's era, I think. God's Big, Big House. Yes, yes. I should have had you come do the motions, Bo. There you go. I should have had that. You don't remember all the motions? Okay. We'll prepare that another one. So Jesus was preparing his disciples. He told them. So we believe in the church of Nazarene. He is coming back. The problem becomes sometimes, you know, I remember when I was younger, people telling me about Christ coming back. It's coming soon. It's going to be soon. we got to define soon, don't we? Because 30 years later, I'm still like, it didn't happen. Like they told me it was going to happen, right? So we got to be careful on what we think of as soon sometimes. Because Jesus spoke this. We know it's true. We know it's coming. But sometimes we think, but is it really like... In my lifetime, will I see it? It sure feels slow because we don't wait very well. 
Come on, I'm using an Instapot because I can't wait three hours to get a roast out of the oven, right? I need it in 45 minutes. Barbecued ribs, 25, guys, I'm telling y'all, quicker. Tender, off the bone. You can still slap it on the grill and get a little smoke in there. I'm fixing to learn how to use liquid smoke, I think. But I'm just telling you, I don't wait well. I've been having to reschedule doctor's appointments this week. I was not very patient. I was not very pretty because I don't wait well for people to call me back. But 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. And he's talking about the promise to come back. He says, as some people think, you know, we think it's he's taking his time. It's been over 2,000 years, Lord. What are you doing? When is this going to happen? No, he's not being slow. He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So if you're like me, now remember guys, my story I know is different because I wasn't raised in the church. So when somebody's talking to me about end times and Christ coming back, it was a little weebie-jeebie for me as a kid because I wasn't raised in the church. And I didn't like the sound of that at that time. Why? Because I didn't know Jesus Christ as my Savior. And all I was thinking was, I'm just a little teenager. I got a lot of life left to live. Any of my young people, do you feel like that right now when you hear people talk about Christ coming back? I said young people. Are you still young, Bo? Okay. You're in that middle section. So, but this verse in 2 Peter reminds me, God is not being slow. He's being patient with us. How many of you right now can think of at least three people you know that you're pretty certain do not know Christ? We need new friends. we got to get some more heathen friends, I'm just telling you. Because we're supposed to be, Diane, she knows this from Wednesday night. I told him I was the only heathen in there on Wednesday night because I wasn't raised in the church. But if you even thought of one person that you feel like needs Christ, God is being patient for that one person. Because his desire is that none of us When we look at Matthew 25, his desire is that none of us get cast to the left side, right? Now, we also, we believe in the resurrection, judgment, destiny. What what does that mean? Just to break it down, it means that we're all going to die. We're going to get resurrected. We're going to stand before God to get judged. And you're going to the left or you're going to the right. Heaven or hell. Man, I got visitors in here today, and they're like, what in the world did I come to? (laughs) This is one of those kind of hard-sounding messages, right? But whether it's when Jesus returns or if we just pass away, we all will have that moment of resurrection, judgment, and destiny. That is reality, And I would be a horrible pastor and preacher if I did not share that with you. Oh, I can stand up here and I can make you feel good all day long. But feeling good does not get us to heaven, people. Because in John chapter 14, Jesus goes on to say what? I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody gets to the Father except through me. So I have to share, these are Jesus' words that we're talking about. 
You know, because Jesus in verses 32 and 33, he tells us that there's going to be a separation. In other words, there's consequence for our life. There is a heaven. There is a hell. We're living in a moment of time that they're like, don't, don't talk so much about hell. Like, that's, that's kind of a downer. That's a killjoy. It's reality. And trust me when I tell you, when pastor does a funeral, it's the first thing on my mind. You know, and, and, and Monday's funeral was one of my favorite kind because we got to celebrate a godly, lovely woman. And we got to celebrate her life and legacy in Jesus Christ and how she led family members to Christ. I love that. But I hate when I have funerals that I don't know where their heart was. Now, I can't judge where their heart is. Do you understand? My own father, I'm not 100% sure he's going to be in heaven. But I have hope based on conversations. But I still have to share the truth of the matter of what we believe. And let's be honest. I mean, I know you're like, BJ, don't be trying to scare us into heaven. Oh, I love Bill Bismarck, but me and him used to have these conversations about don't preach too much on hell because he grew up here in all the hellfire brimstone. I'm so glad I missed all that, obviously, because I didn't hear none of that. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about, them old-timey revivals, and you don't remember if you went to the altar because it really was God talking or the pastor just scared the bejeebers out of you to get you there, right? I'm not trying to scare you today. Because this topic should not scare you if you know Jesus Christ. When I first started my Christian walk even, I, I didn't like this whole talk about end times or death or, you know, meeting, meeting God and, and heaven, hell, and I, I, it scared me. And then I read a book by Max Licato called When Christ Comes. Tammy, I think you've probably read that you've read every Max Licato book. What am I saying? Amen. If you need a Max Licato book, go to Tammy. When I read that book, though, it gave me the image of heaven. Why would I be scared of that? Why would I be scared of meeting my Savior face to face? And it brought me such peace and joy. And it changed how I thought about everything. Now, do I want to continue to see my kids grow and I need some grandkids? Sure I do. But if Jesus comes back before then, okay, I'll see them there too. So this is not doom and gloom and, you know, this is truth. This is truth, and it's, it's part of what we, we have to do. You know, when I was in high school, I ran track. <laughs> Nobody laugh at that. I really did. Of course, now when you run track in high school, it's usually for one of two things. It's because you love to run or you love to do whatever your sport was. Anybody else, did you do track? Anybody do track in here at all? So when you run track, it's because you either love it or like me, you were avoiding doing basketball out of season because I would much rather run track 
than I had lift weights or anything like that. So I started out, I was not fast, I'm short. So I was not fast, I could not do sprints, I, I couldn't hurdle nothing except a rock in the road maybe. Um, everybody had to try out for that. So I was stuck in the one mile. If you couldn't do anything else, you had to run the mile. I stunk at the mile, by the way. I, I could not get fast enough, because whether you know it or not, you have to run really fast with the mile. And I'll never forget that the, the coach told me one day, she said, BJ, I know that you, you know, you're not doing real great at the mile, she said, but I think you'll be better at the two mile. Now I was good at math. If I wasn't good at one, you really think I'm going to be better at two? Yeah, I, I didn't believe her either. And she said, no, I promise you that you will do better at the two mile. And I said, okay, I'll give it a try. She said, it's much easier. Okay, one mile really, it did me in. Two miles, is that really easier? I don't know. But I said, I'll give it a try. I loved it. I loved the two mile. I mean, it was so great. I loved the two mile. But I still stunk at it, by the way. <laughs> I still, I, you notice I don't have ribbons. I don't have nothing to show you today because I never won. And back in my day, you didn't get participation trophy stuff. <laughs> you either won it or you did not. Any, amen? Yeah, okay. She stopped me one day, though, and she said, you know what the problem is? She said, the problem is that you're holding back. You have way too much energy left, just way too much. She said, on that last lap, she said, you are burning energy like crazy, and you need to be expounding that all through that race. So she said, you need to learn to pace yourself at a faster pace so that at the end, you're closer, because I was always finishing like fourth, fifth, sixth. And she said, you need to be closer so you can catch up to them. Now, let's be honest. Who was really listening to my story and who was watching this? Thomas is watching because he didn't think I could do this without making a mess. Anybody notice? I mean, I've got a cup of water. Dorothy, you let me down, by the way. I told them we were going to hear you gasp, like, out loud with me. Yeah. Brittany hates this little contraption, by the way. I mean, Miss Nancy, I got water, right? I mean, it's, it's really full. I, I love to go to Brittany's room, and I just, I do this number, and, and she just, she, she just, you know, I mean, you see, I've got water, right? They're like, yeah, get away from me. Everybody's, man, y'all are just not nice people today. Guess where I found this, people? TikTok. Yes, you know. All right. And I've been waiting. When I bought that, my family said, what did you get that for? I said, because there's a sermon somewhere in that. And I don't know what it is yet, but I cannot wait to use it. I don't understand all the science in it. I tested it in my yard before I tested it in my house because I didn't believe it. It is possible to knock off the cup, by the way. If I would have jerked the right way or if it bumped something, it will crash and make a big mess. So that's why I used water, ladies, not coffee. 
But I'm just guessing that you might have been a tad bit distracted trying to listen to that story, maybe, just a little. See, I used to wait until that last lap. If, you, if you've never ran track, two-mile run, you've got eight laps to do. And, and you have to set a pace. You, you, you purposely set a pace not to completely exert yourself, but you have to stay close enough so that at that last lap you can take off and pass people to make the place you want. But I was always holding back because I was always scared that I wouldn't have enough at the end. You know, that I would hit a brick wall on lap six or seven and I wasn't going to make it to eight. So I was holding back so that I would have something at the end. But I waited too late and I'd always lose. I'd always fall short. So that's the purpose of the story. But you were a little distracted. Church... I think we live a little distracted sometimes. I'm guessing that when you saw the words, the second coming of Christ, some of you thought we were fixing to hit prophecy and talk about the real end times. Not for me. I'm not smart enough for one. I'm not one of those kind of preachers. (laughs) That's not my specialty to try to figure out the hidden things inside of Scripture. But we get distracted sometimes with all of that. Why? Because you want to know when it's going to happen. When is lap eight going to happen, BJ? And then I'm going to pour everything I got into Jesus. Wouldn't life be nice if we knew that? If you knew when Jesus, even if we, you know, okay, BJ, you can't tell me the day or time, but if you could just tell me the year, like, can we get it narrowed down to the year? Like, is it 2021? Because if so, I need to get busy in it, right? We live distracted, though, paying too much attention to what others are trying to tell us about it happening. This whole past 2021, 2020 and 2021, Everybody's tried to say, well, because of the government this and because of the mask and because of this vaccine and and, and Jesus is coming. He's coming. I promise you. But I don't know when. He tells us we're not going to know when. He wants us to live ready. So in Matthew 25, before what I read to you, he gives them these two parables. He talks about the ten bridesmaids, remember? Five of them have oil for their lamps. They're waiting on the groom. They don't know when the groom's going to show up. Five have oil in their lamp. Five do not. And boom, the groom shows up. So the five without oil are like, Diane, give us some of yours. And she said, nah, I've just got enough for me. So they take off to get their oil. And what happens? They miss the groom. He brings the other five in. They lock the door and the feast begins without them. Jesus is telling his disciples, live ready at every moment. This is not doom and gloom. This is the truth of how we live as Christians. 
So I'm telling you, church, if you've been slacking a little, I'll get serious. My faith walk, I'll get serious. I'll I'll help in the church one of these days. Live ready. Because we don't know when it's going to happen. Then he gives us the parable of the three servants, remember? And he talks about giving them each some money. And the first two, they do what they can to increase what the master gives them. But that last one, he's a little scared. He's like, hmm, I don't trust all that Bitcoin stuff. And I don't even know what to do with investment. And I'm I'm just going to hide mine. I'm not going to lose it. I know I'm not making anything, but I'm not going to lose what I have. He's hiding and waiting for the master to come back. Some of us, we are living life. We have our salvation. When I talk about Jesus as your savior, you know what I'm talking about. And you're just holding your ticket and you're waiting. When he gets here, I'll be here. But that servant got in trouble, didn't he? Because he didn't use what was given to him. Church, we are all blessed with gifts and abilities and the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior. But we're not using it. I've got what I need. That's enough. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, live ready. And I love this. Take as many people to heaven with you as you can. If that was our motto every single day. You know, our our motto is love God, love people. That's an action. And we saw that today when Jesus talked about when he decided who was left and right, what was the description he gave us? How they loved people. If somebody's hungry, you feed them. If they're thirsty, you give them something to drink. If they are in need, you help them. You notice he wasn't defining like people you like or just your family member. No, he actually even said the least of these. So those people that you really don't want to help, you may be entertaining Jesus. He said, because when you help them, you're helping me. You're living out the gospel. So my question, you know, do end times scare you sometimes? Sure. But if we're living ready, it shouldn't matter. Because I need to live ready. I am not guaranteed even the rest of this day. Am I ready to see Jesus Christ today? You know, people used to fuss it when we would take the teens out and that first question, if you died tonight, do you know where you're going? Oh, that's, that's so harsh. That is truth. And this has been a week we have learned that, is it not? You have to live ready. So you see, we can spend all the time searching the book, looking for the clues, and that's okay. Some people, that is their gift. They have a deeper understanding of things than I do. And that's okay. But Jesus says, be ready and love as many people while you're waiting. Don't get so stuck in the education of it or trying to figure it out that you miss living the life he intends for us. 
Stop trying to figure out the day, the time, and, oh, well, this event, it matches this. You know what? Jesus is not going to post his return on Facebook. Y'all know that. I, I, we laugh, but y'all know that, right? Like, that, that account on Facebook that says Jesus, it's not really him, just so you know. I'm not sure what Jesus would think about Facebook. I think he'd be a Facebook creeper. He'd just be sitting back looking at it going, oh, man. Oh, man. But if anyone tells you when this is going to happen, they're a false prophet. Because Jesus says, you're not going to know the time or the day. Only the Father knows that. Jesus said, it'll be like in the days of Noah. He said, everybody's going to be eating. They're going to be fellowshipping. They're going to be drinking. They're going to be having marriages. Everything, life is going to go on. And they're not even going to know that I showed up. No one's going to take notice. You see, we see the signs. The signs have always been there. When you read Jesus talking to his disciples, it sounds like at any moment they could see him come back. So the signs have always been there. Are they getting stronger? Maybe. Maybe they are. But if that's the case, shouldn't we be living like they are? Shouldn't we be focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing that with as many people as we can? Shouldn't we be focused on loving people instead of posting on Facebook that people are going to go to hell because of their lifestyle? Shouldn't we be giving them the loving grace of Jesus Christ to lead them to the Savior they need? Are you pushing people away or are you drawing them in? That makes a difference. We should be seeking ways to serve other people. We should be living ready. Are you ready today, church? Are you ready to see Jesus Christ? And I hope that you are. And if you are, I hope you leave here with an urgency to share that with somebody else. Because each one of us would not be living ready if somebody hadn't shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with us. Who will you share it with? Stand with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come, and Lord, I know this is sort of a serious message, but I want to take time. I want to take time as we close today. These altars are open. <laughs> These front pews are available if you want to spread out, whatever. Because somebody in here, maybe you've never taken that first step. Somebody in here, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. To understand that what Jesus meant. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father except through me. In other words, we have to have that moment of realizing, God, I've been living life my way. And I know it's not what you probably want. I'm sorry. I want to repent. I want to live different. I want to live with Jesus as my Savior. If that's you this morning, you need to come down and take care of business at the altar. We've gotten out of the habit of the altar work, people. We've spent a year without them. And it happens in the pews. I got saved in my room, my bedroom in junior high. Didn't have an altar. That became my altar. 
But right here, I don't want you to leave unless you're sure that you're sure that you're sure. And maybe some of us in here today, maybe maybe we've been holding back, just like me running track. You, you, you're setting such an easy pace. I, I don't need to do anything else. I'm saved. I'm good. Oh, Lord, but forgive me. I'm not living ready this morning. I have not been active in your kingdom, Lord. I've not been using the gifts and talents you gave me, Lord. I've not been worried about other people, Lord. Spirit, would you just speak to your people right now? If that's you this morning, you want to make that dedication to God this morning that says, I'm going to live ready, then these altars are open. Come now. We're not going to tarry long in here today. I'm not going to, I'm not going to beg and plead. You know your heart this morning, and you know if God is speaking to you. If you're watching online with us this morning, type into the comments that you need prayer this morning because God is speaking to you. If you'd like this church body to be praying for you, just slip a hand up right now and let us know that as well. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we come today and I hope it's my prayer that all hearts are clear. But God, it's my own testimony that I know sometimes we sit in these pews scared to come forward. We don't want people to know we're messed up. (laughs) Oh, but God, you know our hearts. And I pray that even in the pews, people are speaking to you right now and listening to you, Lord. And as we leave here today, I pray that this church body, that we have a new passion, a new fire to live ready. And if we are ready, then God, we need to be about your business to tell as many people as we can, to show them love. May our eyes be open this week, Lord, to see those that are hungry, to see those that are thirsty, to see those that are in need, that are sick and that are naked, that need hospitality, Lord. Even when they look different than us, Lord. Even when we have passed judgment on their life, Lord. Oh, Lord, remind us that only those without sin cast the first stone. Because we all were headed in the same direction before you came into our lives. Let us have that same patience and grace for others that you had for us, Lord. God, I just want to pray over this time of fellowship as we close today. Bless the the hands that prepared the meal. God, bless this time of fellowship together. And may it continue on, the spirit we have felt in this place, may it continue on in the fellowship hall today, Lord. And then as we leave here, Lord, as we are reminded that we are blessed people, let us leave here to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so do a little meet and greet to make sure to give our ladies time to have everything set up. Please, please stay and have lunch with us today. Have a blessed Sunday and be a blessing to others. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. 
I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved. Thank you.